Welcome to the Broken Vessels Podcast. Jeremiah 18.4 states, And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. This is the Broken Vessels Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Simpkins. This is a podcast where we have discussions on theological themes for the broken to bring encouragement and hope in Christ. And I would like to welcome you back to the Broken Vessels podcast. So very glad that you're here to join me again for another episode today. And the topic that I've chosen to talk about today is um, what I'm entitling being broken by disability. Broken by disability. And when I talk about disability, it can be any kind of disability. It can be a physical disability. It can be mental disability. It can be any kind of disability that somebody may deal with. But I have a brother in Christ that has been a huge encouragement to me over the last year and a half as I've gotten to know him. Again, another friend that we're connected with through the good old Theocast Facebook group. And this is a a brother. He lives in Texas. He's just been a huge encouragement. And he's really a very uh, well put together young man. But he's a young man who has a disability. And sometimes for believers that have disabilities and are involved in the body of Christ, it can be frustrating. And so we're going to have a discussion with this young man today. And The man that I have with us today is Jared Michael Hiller, a great guy that I have gotten to know, like I said, over the last year and a half. And Jared, I want to welcome you to the Broken Vessels podcast, and uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, sir. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really do appreciate it. You bet. We're very glad to have you here. Um, Jared, can you please just tell our listeners about your disability? Kind of give us a little bit of backstory about what you deal with as far as that is concerned, what it is uh, that you have, and, and how that has impacted you as a young man seeking to walk the broken road of life, and how that's affected your faith journey with Christ. Absolutely, Josh. I, I will do that. So, this does require a little bit of backstory, like you just said. Sure. I was born like late. I was an emergency C-section. I was, they didn't know what I had at first. I thought I would have like multiple sclerosis or MS. If your listeners aren't familiar with that, they said that I couldn't really talk or move or anything else and that I wouldn't be able to live a normal life. And even at the age of four, they, they were saying that. But my official diagnosis is cerebral palsy. Okay. So that, that means that, you know, basically I have a neurological brain injury that fixed my speech the way they walk. I can't wait stand for long periods of time. There's problems like, you know, I have motor delays of cutting, cooking. Right. Um, however, I do find ways to adapt in those things. But especially with the way that socially, even the church, uh, even in culture, you tend to get looked down a lot as someone who's like, like an infant or like someone who's an elderly person. And also, it's just hard to have people like, you know, really see you as a brother in Christ. Or, you know, even for our sisters and I, that's hard for them, too, because they just feel like they're talked down to or they're, like, being told. Or in some cases, I've had this happen. I've had people, like, pray for me, and they're like, you know, if you just had enough faith, you'd be healed. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not exactly the case. Right. <laughs> I'll talk more about that later. You know, how's that affected my faith journey? It's, it's been hard. There have been, like, days and nights where I've gone, like, you know, why, why put me in this position? Lord, like, what? Well, 
why do this for me? I mean, you know, I mean, yes, on one hand, you know, it's great to show dependence in Christ in my life, but this is not easy. Right. My whole entire life is just a trial, basically. So, I mean, it's just, it's not all rainbows and butterflies here. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So then as a young man that has to struggle in ways that most of us really can't even comprehend, how is it then that the grace of God in Christ and, you know, good theology and the gospel and learning what it really means to to rest in Christ and to be helped from the truth of the gospel and really understanding, I think, probably having a really good understanding of the sovereignty of God how has that helped you to trust in him in spite of these circumstances that you've had to grow up in and live in? Well, first and foremost, I tell you what, having a sympathetic high priest, that whole doctrine of him being my mediator and him just being a high priest has really helped. Amen. Because there are times when I can go and be raw and honest and just like I said before, just go question him and he can take that. Like, yeah. it's like, and in a lot of churches, you, you can't do that. I mean, God, God is like so high and mighty and like you're, you're down here. You, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, look at the Psalms, look at the prophets, look at, you know, look at the disciples at various moments in their ministry. I don't know what to tell you, but it's like. You're in yes, good company I, with David. <laughs> yes. Like, yes, I, I can like tell Jesus my struggles and he will go before the Father and he will say these things on my behalf. Yes, I will return back to like the attributes of God that I know, especially like how um, I, you know, I'm a particular Baptist. I'll, I'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. And you know, things like covenant theology have really helped, especially in the area of like the covenant of redemption and covenant of grace. Because one hand, that means like covenant of redemption means that I was chosen, you know, in this deal, so to speak, with all members of Trinity that I would be elected all before time, and the Son would purchase me, and the Holy Spirit will keep me. Mm-hmm. That is very crucial to understand in my position because it's like, yeah, I made you this way and I have reasons for you to be how you are and I'll make sure that I point people to like myself through these struggles that you have. Mm, that's good. And also like the coming of grace, Jesus came and lived as a man and he took a brutal punishment and he still has the wounds and scars in his fingers and hands. And one day, like when he gets back, he will still have those. Yet he will make me new. Like I will not. I will no longer have this crooked speech or this worn out leg. I will be able to like be as he is, and that's just encouraging. That this is only temporary. Man, brother, that is a wonderful godly attitude to have. It's just encouraging for me and for our listeners to be able to hear that you understanding who God is for you and who Christ is for you has made a world of difference in helping you through the struggle. I'm not perfect at that, like, by any means. Oh, of course not. <laughs> I can say there, there are some nice, I mean, there are some, I'll be honest, four-letter words that come out of my prayers in just everyday life to God, because it's like, why is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd I like some relief here. So, yes, I, I, I do still struggle with those things everyone else does when trials happen. So I just want to make that clear that I am saint and sinner, just like we all are. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Yes. But just the fact that you have that understanding and you're able to articulate it well for people to get this, like, hey, you may be struggling, but you're not struggling with cerebral palsy right now. Not to negate what somebody else is struggling with. We all have our, our different crosses to bear, so to speak, as far as the the things that we struggle with. But, you know, to hear what you're saying as a young man that struggled with this his whole life, and yet you still look to Christ and trust in God's sovereignty, and maybe imperfectly, just like we all do, but just to have that attitude is a testimony to who Christ is and for what he does for us. Well, brother, I want to ask you this. Can you please speak 
to what you would like folks in the church to know and understand about those with disabilities, such as cerebral palsy or MS or whatever it might be, something somebody may be struggling with. How can we, as the body of Christ, serve you and others who struggle with disabilities better? And how can we be more aware of who you really are as image bearers of Christ in spite of your struggle? Because as you just said just a little bit ago, you know, sometimes people talk down to you or just because you your speech is a little bit different or you have the the motor functions that may not work like everybody else. And, you know, unfortunately, people can be somewhat judgmental of who you are mentally even just because of those things. And I'm sure that's very frustrating for you, but how can you help us in the church be aware of who you are and just be there for you and treat you like a fellow image bearer? Just kind of speak to that a little bit, if you would. Well, I'll be, I'll be real frank right now. It'd be great. Like if you know, could, people would overestimate our intelligence and uh, I'll explain what I mean by that. So a lot of people like, like I just said, and it's not everybody. And there are people that are very nice and accommodating. So this isn't everybody. Right. But for the most part, it's like kind of like the, oh, how are you doing, little buddy? Are you are you doing okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, yep. So here you So here, I'm full, fully present, fully aware of what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think as a result of that, it's like one of those, treat me like a normal person. Treat me like you would anybody else. Right. If I need help. I'll ask for it, but most of the time, it's like I kind of just want to kind of do this by myself, engage me in a normal conversation, mm-hmm. and trust the fact that maybe I had this down. And it's also like, I'll be honest, I'm a single man right now, you mm-hmm. know. That's also been a struggle in the church because it just feels like, and this might be a slightly different topic, I'm sorry, but it's almost like, you know, a lot of people are looking for the spiritual superman or, gosh, it's the spiritual superwomen. It's like, that doesn't exist, man. Like, right. If we're all truly is broken, sinful people, then the person that can complete that image for you is Christ. Right. The best I can do for you is point you to him. Amen. You know, Amen. That would be so imperfect, but it would be, and I agree, like, attraction does matter, and it really does, truly does, but it, that should be only a part of the picture that also go to the fact that, hey, this guy, you know, like, or these people, they have, like, they have struggles like everyone else, but, you know, that, that guy, that, that dude knows stuff, and he'll point me to Jesus all day long. Well, then, in that case, Everything else can like you know be worked out in time. Just, right. You know. So yeah. That would be one thing. Yeah. I think the way that some churches don't have ministries for disabled people, some churches don't have like you know accommodations like ramps and other things. Mm-hmm. And I see that and go like that. That's a needed thing. I don't care if you have a small church or a big church. Make sure that those people feel welcome. That's loved. That's the person that's a drug addict in your congregation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Make sure that everyone has a seat at the table and that way they can hear the Christ for you. Because without that, what other hope do we have? Amen. Well, brother, you know, I got to say this about you. I've already said this at the beginning somewhat, but I, I just have to reaffirm this. You have been a great encouragement to so many in the Theocast community and in the Broken Vessels podcast community as well. I mean, you have proven yourself to be a thoughtful, intelligent, loving, kind, and passionate young man about Christ and the gospel, I'd like you to leave something with our listeners in regard to continuing to bring awareness to other believers about believers with disabilities in the church. Now, you've kind of already talked about how sometimes you're made to feel and that kind of a thing, but just bringing more of an awareness of really who you are, who I've seen you to be online. 
you are very articulate. You know the truth of the gospel. And like you said, you point people to Christ all day long. Talk a little bit more about that. There's some that C.S. Lewis has always said that has always stuck with me, and I'm not sure the exact quote, but I'm sure you or your listeners can directly fill me on that. But in one of his books, he talks about how we, we don't really see like normal everyday people. We see actually people like in their eternal state that we just don't see that yet. And that would be wonderful if we could all do that, not just people with disabilities, but people like everybody. Because right. that, that's the one thing I, I think that is the most needed is, yeah, I mean, we're going to all struggle with loving God and loving others. But as part of our, like, once we understand what Christ has done for us, can we at least not try to do that imperfectly, you know? Right. And it's one of those things of, yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I am not who I'm always going to be. So let's assume that I'm already that person. And let's work back from that. And that answers your question. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, like you said, like when obviously you're just like me. You're just like anybody else. There's times when it's hard. You've already expressed like, man, dude, like sometimes this is just so hard. And I know like in my life when I've really been dealing with, like say depression, you know, because I mean, you could say in, in, in my past when I have dealt with really debilitating depression, that in a sense, some people do look at that as a disability. And the last thing that you want is for somebody to come up to you and be like, kind of pat you on the back or pat you on the head or whatever and be like, oh, I'm praying for you and then walk away. And I'm sure you've probably experienced that. But what we really need as the people of God is we need people just to like, like you said, treat us like a normal person and just sit down and just be with us. If we need to cry, let us cry. If we need a hug, hug us. (laughs) If we need you to pray, even pray together with us. Let's do that together. I mean, I would say you would probably agree with that, right? Absolutely. And also I think I, I have a lot of charismatic friends and their brothers and sisters in Christ. But one of the things I've noticed, like especially in that camp or other camps too, you, you, you usually get to this earlier. Like, you know, if you just had enough faith, you know, you wouldn't deal with this. Yeah. You know, you'd just be healed. It's like, well, Lazarus was a pretty faithful guy, was he not? And he, he died. Yeah. He came back, but he also had to die a second time to go be with Christ. And you have all these people that did have miracles that were done to the bias Christ, show us compassion and mercy, not just who he was, but also that, yes, like I will one day take away all these things, that these things are part of this fallen world that I will take away. Like, I mean, it's one of the things of, I have enough faith. <laughs> just because I don't have enough faith, as you see it, does not mean... <laughs> Amen. Actually, this trial builds up my faith. This actually causes me more to depend on God. Sometimes I do pray that this gets taken away, and if that's in His will, great. But if not, here's to depend on God more. Yeah, and the more and more that we look in Scripture, the more and more God actually works through the sufferings of His people. That's where He does His best work. I think of First Corinthians chapter one, verses twenty-six through twenty-nine. Um, the Bible says, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. It's not, not saying something he looks at as foolish, but it's th- what the world looks at as foolish. To shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And another verse I'd like to mention as well, Romans 8, 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. And you've already talked about that. I'm I'm sure you're looking forward to that day, brother, when that glory is going to be revealed in your body uh, Mm -hmm. uh, one day. But enduring the suffering 
God gives us a platform. Another verse that kind of comes to my mind, and I'm just going to kind of say it off the top of my head, but in 2 Corinthians, where Paul talks about comforting others with the same comfort that you've been comforted with, you have the ability to see things from a perspective that many people do not. And as a result of that, you understand the brokenness of life. You understand things in a way that you can be an encouragement to people in ways that other people just don't have the ability. So in a sense, that's God's grace to you. That's kind of how I look at it. It's it's the same way with things that I struggle with or things that I've had to deal with in my past as far as, you know, mental health and things of that nature. And that's absolutely true. One of those things that, you know, I mean, our brokenness actually leads us closer to Christ than people who have it all together and think that way. Christ has told us, like, you didn't come for the healthy, but he came for the sick and the dependent on him that knew that they would need him. He, he ignored the people that thought they had it all together. Yeah. And then when he rebuked them strongly, it just should be a sign in our heads that, hey, maybe we should pay attention to, like, our brothers and sisters that may not have it all together all the time. Amen. So. Amen. <laughs> Well, brother, lastly, I know you are certainly passionate about the gospel and hope in Christ alone. I've seen it over and over again. You've done so much in the way of helping to educate others and and to encourage others. I'd like you to leave our listeners with an encouraging word that in spite of the broken world that we live in and the broken world that you've had to live in and had to endure, help them to understand the good word of God, knowing that God is good and his love is steadfast for us. That is a very interesting question, Josh. And like, I'm not sure who's going to listen to this or not listen to this. So I take this opportunity, maybe, maybe give like a little mini gospel presentation. Because after all, that is how we know how God is good and how his love is for us. Sure. So as we all know, like God in the very beginning set these rules for Adam and Eve to follow, and they did not do that. And as a result of that, the world is very much broken. <laughs> to put it simply, then he gave his chosen people, Israel, these laws and codes that they that, that they were to follow. Do this and live. And they could not do a single rip of it. And at some point they did, some point they didn't. They suffered greatly for it. And sometimes God would still bless them in spite of their failures. Amen to that, right? Mm-hmm. And then he had this, through all these different covenants that we see in Scripture that there was a promise seed from all back in Genesis three fifteen all the way to the end of Scripture that God will send someone to crush them and fix what was roughly broken by Adam and Eve. And when we get to like the Gospels, we see that Jesus is taking on these people called the Pharisees and Sadducees and actually answering their like you know, hey, you must do this, you must do that, and he's actually answering, well, actually, yeah. But you know what? The standard's actually higher than your relativistic standard that you're trying to, to tell people that what they should do. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I'm going to fulfill that righteousness for my people. And within those 33 years of his life, he, he fulfilled the things that Jared Hiller could do and that Jared Hiller could not do. And because of that, I can be made a son and heir to his eternal kingdom. Amen. And all I had to do is accept the fact that when he was dying on that tree, he became the worst of sinners. He became a blasphemer, thief, became whatever it is that you think the worst sin is that you've ever committed. He became that for you. And because of that, you can have this amazing like covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. And all you have to do to accept to get this is to rely on his promises and his benefits 
interest that this is for you. That yes, that I, like myself, I'm the chief of sinners, just like Paul said. That, that there is nothing in me that caused me to get this. We'll ever have this. It's all about Christ and his active and passive obedience, and that he is for me. And I have a great intercessor in heaven. And I have a great high priest in heaven, like we talked about earlier. It is all about Christ. It's not about us in any form or fashion. So I, I pray with your listeners, everyone else, that if you ever have like any doubts of that, please come take me or Josh or have someone in your local church explain to you Christ for you. That is the most imperative thing in the Christian life. Without that, we are lost and we are broken vessels without the kind potter to help us become what he's made us to be. Amen. Amen. Buddy, you're speaking my language. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jared, I want to thank you so much for coming on. You gave a wonderful little sermonette there on the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a good word from the word of God and and just in who Christ is for us. And folks, this should tell you who this man is. He's not defined by his disability. I'm not defined by anything in my life other than the fact that I am a broken vessel, as Jared just said, being mended by the good potter who loved me and lived for me and gave himself for me. And that's all any of us are. I've heard R.C. Sproul say this quote, and I've heard many others, and I don't remember where it, uh, where it originates from, but we're just all beggars telling other beggars where to find the bread, right? <laughs> That's yeah. all we are, every single one of us, right? Yeah, actually, that was Charles Spurgeon too. I think he got that from. Okay, so he was the originator. Well, that's that that's good because we love Charles Spurgeon here. So, yes, definitely. Well, Jared, thanks again so much for being a part of the Broken Vessels podcast, man. I really appreciate you coming on. And thank you for your ministry and like what you've done with this podcast. And it really is such a blessing to know that you you talk about these issues like spiritual abuse and pietism and all these other things that people have been so broken by. Yeah. The fact that there is hope and a good creator and a loving son and the Holy Spirit that all us to live for Christ and that one day we'll not have any of our tears ever have to be shed again or like we'll never see death or pain. It points us to, to the person that will do that. And I want to thank you so much for your um, contribution to the kingdom, sir, where everyone does not go unnoticed. You bet, man. You bet. I'm just thankful for God's grace and, and all he's done for all of us. And I want to shout it from the rooftops. So I'm going to do that as long as God gives me breath. <laughs> thank you, sir. Well, folks, I, I again, thank you for joining us for the Broken Vessels podcast. And uh, we'll see you here next week.